0: but let's get going hey everyone this is dan with the spiritual underground podcast i am your host as usual uh we are primarily i am a primarily a 12-step recovery podcast but i do uh i do explore other areas where uh people find their true selves and get back and find their real voice their true voice their true selves and uh get back connected with who they really are uh this word recovery um been defined for me as to find that which was lost or stolen. So I could recover a car that got stolen or I could recover a watch I lost. And to me, this thing, uh, what's happening in my life is uh, I believe I'm recovering the real Dan. Uh, my spirit got stepped on from a time I was a little kid. And as I grew, it just got stepped on and I put on all kinds of masks, trying to pretend and figure out who I was. And uh, and uh, frankly, 12 steps uh, recovery showed me that so we're going to talk to a guy today about his journey and 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 how he's uh finding himself and that's another thing you know i won't say i found myself i am continue to find my continue to find myself Uh, two quick commercials 12 step spiritual recovery is a book by james christopher Cohn. it can be found on amazon it is the 12 steps for everybody yeah you don't need to be in one of the uh you don't need to fit in the traditional 12-step programs like that we say the isms alcoholism addiction uh gambling overeating whatever you don't have to do you can just be regular old joe and and come and if you're interested in these in these 12-step tools and the uh support that you get there um check us out there's meetings on zoom and uh there's actually live meetings here in louisville uh in the little in louisville it's gonna say louisville area uh so 12 step spiritual recovery by james christopher cone it is in on amazon uh and then i want to thank darren frank for the music he allows me to put around my podcast uh it's cool to have a dude in recovery is allowing me to use his uh um royalty free music and i and i really appreciate him period it wouldn't make any difference if he uh let me do that or didn't do that or if he was a musician or not a musician uh, I, I love him regardless but i do appreciate being able to use his music um so we'll get on with the show you know some of y'all and however you listen to this if you're regular listeners and uh you might uh you might have heard it uh i was on uh, mike's podcast heck i lose track of time and i don't even try well i don't keep track of time that's really the fact of the matter i just don't keep track of it Uh, a month ago a few weeks ago something and uh so as we so often do in this place, we do some uh, cross-pollinating, and I was interested, you know, most of the time I was on his show, it was about me, and uh, I'd like to hear some more about what Mike's journey is today and, and what's he, what he's up to, how he's uh, got where he got to where he is, uh, maybe where he's heading, where he hopes to be going, and uh, Mike has a podcast, and you might have to help me, Project
1: Mindful, Mindfully.
0: Project Mindfully Outdoors. Um, I, the, the fully, the mind fully is what hangs me up. I know the front and the last one. I just want to say mindfulness. Um, and so uh, check out Mike's stuff. Uh, it comes from an outdoor type of thing. So here, you guys that know me, know uh, uh, that's deep into my heart. And uh, that's actually how I saw found Mike, because he put out a, a call for for guests like i like i often do and uh it was about outdoors out the outdoors and uh and mindfulness and i thought well i have a little i know a little thing true about that where i've got some experience with it so uh so we're here we'll do it the other way around how's it going mike
1: you know what it's going pretty good today dan how you doing
0: I am doing fantastic today. I come flying in here too, man. I was out working a handyman job where I was just going to, I was just going to caulk a guy's shower. And I got there at 11 o'clock and when he figured out I can do everything, he started having me do everything. And I never walk away from it. I'll like, say I got as much as I could. And it was like six o'clock and, uh, and I rang the bell and got the last thing on his list done. And then I got here and I was like, well, hell I'm a half hour early. It was just down the street. Uh, what have you been up to today, today in particular?
1: Today I've been uh, throwing tires as part of the day job.
0: Throwing I them?
1: Yeah, you know, moving them around, picking them okay. up, throwing them wherever they got to go. Nothing nothing too exciting out of the ordinary that I was doing uh, in between that on my breaks, doing a lot of writing and uh, kind of, I guess, uh, making some tough decisions about where life is going from here.
0: Hmm. I don't know that journaling, writing, that kind of thing is a powerful tool to help with that.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, you, I mean, I'll oh, go ahead.
0: I was going to ask you where you were born and where you grew up or you still live there. Where, tell me about where you started. I was
1: born, I was born in Michigan. I've always lived in uh, what we call the Downriver community of Michigan, which is just outside of Detroit. So the Metro Detroit area. Oh wow. Born and raised, experienced all kinds of different aspects of life. Um sort of getting into the outdoors as a kid with my grandfather and grew up kind of you know tag, tagging along with him, camping, fishing. Unfortunately, he uh suffered a massive stroke when I was young, so I never got the opportunity to actually go out and hunt with him. Hmm. And from there. You know, life kind of took the typical city twist where you get caught up in the hustle and bustle of you know, friends and trying to do this, do that. I did develop uh, a real canny ability for music. Hmm. I grew up playing guitar bass drums and so on.
0: Well, wow, that's cool. in and
1: out of the, in and out of a lot of different bands, which um the one reason that I was really excited to uh, do this interview for your show is that leads me to, as I grew up, where I really tie into the 12 step thing Mm -hmm. is through the music and stuff. Obviously there's a lot of alcohol and whatnot and by my twenties and thirties, it was what I considered to be fun. You know, it was like I had functioning through the day whatnot. Yeah, and, it was uh, a
0: lot of fun you know it, it, for when it was fun when it was working for me it was a lot of fun
1: right and that that's kind of where you get caught up and then um i had that moment when my to tie things back to my grandfather and how i got back into the outdoors is ultimately years down the line he passed away and um that made me kind of stop and look at things and Realized just how important that connection was to me with him. And that drew me back to the outdoors. That got me back fishing, ultimately got me hunting. And though I didn't go through the recovery process of like 12 step program or nothing, ultimately, I filled more time with the outdoors. And that led to me actually putting down the bottle and giving it up. And ultimately the, at that point in my life, the outdoors was one of those things that, uh, became the mask, you know, it covered like all of the, uh, things inside all of the ugly stuff. I didn't want to face or tackle. So yeah, at that point, I still had no idea who I really was. And I went through two different marriages through my twenties or not my twenties, but through my thirties and, you know, I had kids. And each step was kind of progressively worse, having a worse effect on my mental health. Until so finally, the second one left me completely broken, mm-hmm. not just like financially, mentally, or you know everything. It was a combination of everything. I was living in my truck. The only thing I had around me was my job, or you know whatever I was filling my time. And the last thing that was said to me. Face to face was that I didn't deserve my family. I could offer them nothing. Oh wow. And that really, that really stumbled things down a much darker path for a minute. And ultimately I never did turn back to, you know, feeding the old addictions. Instead, after overcoming those darker moments, I started turning inward to like books and philosophy. And that really shifted things for me as I started to uh, read these different books, say, like uh, Marcus Aurelius's The Meditations, and realized that, you know, for example, here is the most powerful man in the world at this time, sitting in his downtime alone, struggling with the anxiety, the depression, all these ugly things that I carry within me that I don't want to face if somebody else could do it in that position why can't i do it and if i can do it when i begin to put the pieces together it's gonna it's gonna take those words that i carried so long and rewrite them with a whole new truth so i take the lie and i put my words and my actions behind it and i create a truth And three and a half years down the path now, though everything's still, you know, essentially a construction site and still a mess, the core value of that, with how I was carrying the lie of I didn't serve my family and I had nothing to offer them, has been completely rewritten. Not only is the shape of my family rewritten, but the narrative of the fact that i now have something to offer my family and i give them and I, I give to them and i'm there for them
0: amazing so what uh did you ever do drugs just to drinking
1: i did some drugs growing up it was yeah, a big was part say, of the music scene
0: it's a rare thing today to find somebody uh like come into a 12-step meeting that is not you know there's some different terms and uh my sponsor is actually a. Uh, clinician you know he's a therapist yeah chemical dependency and stuff and he uh uh that whatever it is poly something another to where we fool around with uh with different substances uh so here's one way i was looking at look here's one way i look at life and i don't know if i said that before but the, uh, the truth is i was always struggling with how to do life i felt like i was was uh like i didn't have a script and everybody else had a script and i was alone because i'm the one stumbling around and not really figuring out how to do stuff there's old jokes says i don't know what grade it was if it was a second or third grade but when when they handed out the little pamphlet on how to do life i must have been absent that day yes so so it ends up being like a pinball in a pinball machine where i'm just really just bouncing off of the various uh uh catalysts that are in my life the people and the circumstances and the things and uh and it felt uh the big book says something about where i was living on self-propulsion and uh did you feel does that relate to you where you just didn't feel like you had any idea what you were doing
1: it's exactly that that's said very well because yeah that is a lot of it and for me growing up one of the things that I never learned was how to uh, redirect or mute that negative voice that we all have. And I would actually seek out anything that would make that voice louder and strong. Oh, really? And, and then the drinking would tie in or the drugs or whatever would tie in because when I would be alone, it would be the goal to make that voice shut up and go away. And ultimately, as I, you know, moved myself toward putting down the bottle, I still somehow managed to miss that step of managing that voice. So that I filled it with anything that I could find. And when I hit that that um, that moment a few years ago where I was sitting in my truck the very first night that I become homeless and realized, man, I've been doing this the same way for so many years and none of this has worked. I need to learn how to take this in a different direction. You know, I may have missed out on a lot of those simple skills that were taught as far as coping mechanisms and everything else. But Not everybody's path has to be that cookie cutter path. You know, not everybody is taught to quench their thirst with a canteen of water or a bottle of water. If you're thirsty and you're out in the woods and that's not an option, you're going to find a way to put water together and find a way to purify, right? Yep. So you're still achieving the same goal which is to quench your thirst. And if I could, uh, when I finally began to understand that for me, it didn't have to be that cookie cutter mentality. You can think outside the box and come up with your own healthy outlets, your own healthy coping skills to get through the same situation that anybody else is facing. Then you start, then I started to gain a little bit of momentum. And then that momentum ended up becoming uh, the spark to where I got to a point that I had to challenge the fact that I didn't trust myself. Hmm. And I I had to start to learn to make decisions for myself and do these different things because there was no one around me that I could rely on or anything else of, of the sort. And I can give you a simple example is coming out of my second marriage and being in that mindset that I couldn't make simple decisions for myself, let alone trust what I was going to try to do for uh, the first couple of weeks. It was such a struggle to uh, do simple tasks like decide what what's for dinner. I would uh, nine times out of 10 either not be able to decide where to go and if i did get to pick somewhere by the time i got to the speaker i was so uh distraught with it that i would just pull off and that would be the end of it finally then one day i got stubborn about it and i realized you know i really need to eat so i picked a restaurant pushed myself through the drive-through placed the order and voila got dinner and that became yet another simple propelling moment
0: were you not eating from like depression is that
1: that was uh that was a lot of anxiety and a lot of depression so it was quite the combination
0: yeah did you ever try any medication for it
1: i've done medication before i've had a super bad experience with it and i'm not a fan i was
0: just curious
1: right therefore i won't do it
0: yeah. and i think it's the same you know my 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 observation is that uh uh here's another line i like i got a whole bunch of these little lines that i learned here around this community uh uh you can never get enough of something that almost works
1: right yeah. that's Some exactly stuff it doesn't really get
0: you all the way there but and you and you can't you know just like uh dope and booze uh i will end up having a tolerance to this stuff and my observation is that somebody gets on you know i'm just on a low dose of uh lexapro and you know oh it's not working anymore they raise the dose not working anymore raise the dose and then you're at the top of the dose for that medication and it's not working anymore so let's switch it to the next more aggressive medicine right. and then someday it ain't it's not working and you just end up just a slow roll getting to the same point uh i was just curious if you had tried that route most people yeah
1: do. I, unfortunately because uh the other I mean, we don't
0: know what else to do right i mean right
1: <laughs> and my experience with it was kind of like that um emergency management plan where uh I, at the time I, uh, growing up, I was a cutter for years and years and years. Oh, really? Finally, I had a point where, uh, it, it was, uh, I had a noose hanging up in the garage and I had, I had, uh, gone through the cutting pretty severely. And finally I reached out and wound up in the hospital. So it was the emergency management kind of mode where they dope you up. And uh that's kind of where they focus on for the couple of weeks that you're there, make sure the meds kick in. Then you're supposed to go out and get help. And unfortunately the program that I fell in because you know the whole system is so taxed, they stuck with the emergency part of it. They skipped the talk. And ultimately I weaned myself off and would never go that route again. And then for years, I just kind of sucked it all down, found whatever mask I could uh, hide it with, and you know, ultimately it brought me to that day that I really had to face it. Once I committed to myself that it was time to face it, that's where the progress really started to uh, started to go. You know, it's when finally I got to turn the key on. put my foot on the gas i'll tell you what i looking back in those moments i don't think the reality that i live in now was something i could have ever seen
0: i promise you that's the case for me no way that yeah. i thought when i was at my low spot that what's going that the life i have today was even a possibility uh, most of us do consider suicide and maybe just check on out before this gets any worse. Uh, did you have siblings?
1: I have three, none of which I'm close with, but I do have three.
0: Okay. Mom and dad together apart. How's all that look back when you were a kid?
1: Um, well, I didn't meet my father until I was in my twenties.
0: Wow. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, there's a thing, you know, we're not responsible for, uh, for the damage that was done when we were a kid, but we are responsible for figuring out how to heal from it. Uh, Absolutely. but you did have a somewhat of a male role model around in your
1: grandfather,
0: but Correct. that was, but, but that was limited to, to a certain extent due to the stroke and that. Right. Yeah, man, that's a, you don't, you said something about cookie cutter stuff, you know, and I'm not sure if you were thinking this or not, but some of these people who look like they have this life, that's good and everything just works for them. Uh, you, I, I don't really believe that's happening as much as it appears, you know, the old Facebook thing, you know, where
1: it yeah.
0: puts the highlight reel on online. And, uh, fact of the matter is, most of us are going to go through some tough shit somehow, not, you know, and it's going to come. Uh, kick my shoes off. Uh, there's a whole bunch of ways that can come into anybody's life, whether female, female, male, uh, and I really, you know, we we end up getting programmed just like training a dog or something. I mean, we're really, you know, what Joe Rogan said but "You are really just monkeys that can talk," uh, and when we're, we're we're coming up and and have, I'll call it trauma. I think it could be called traumatic if you didn't have a father in your life. It's uh,
1: difficult.
0: Yeah. So I mean, and and see, most people think about well, not most people. Uh, sometimes when the word trauma is used, people will think about uh, like violence you know, or, or right. something being perpetrated against you and that kind of thing. But I don't really think of it that way. I think of more of a uh, ex experiencing things that, uh, uh, frankly, it's just a simple sense experiencing things. that's not that good for you.
1: Yes, absolutely. We, we
0: have to, we have, and then we got to figure some way to navigate that. Right. And, uh, and on our own, uh, Cause we can't, I didn't know how to talk about anything when I was a little kid, I couldn't go up and say, Hey, so-and-so, you know, I'm feeling depressed and I, I just, I'm worried about me.
1: <laughs> you, you Right.
0: You know, the only thing you do. And I think that's the acting out, right. It's like sometimes, uh, little kids are acting out and it's that call for attention, you know, but they don't know how to attract any attention any other way. Um, so we have that. And then that's why I was saying in the beginning of podcast about our spirit getting stepped on, you know, we all, well, I'll bet you a hundred dollars if you would go back and I don't know if you have any, uh, access to any pictures while you was a little kid.
1: I have pictures. I have, if I think where you're going with it, pictures of myself and my father.
0: No, absolutely not. yeah. Yeah. So like, uh, of being that Happy, joyous, and free little kid. Somebody took a picture of you when you were three, and yeah, yes. you didn't have a care in the world, man. And uh, you know, that's one of the things my sponsor asked me to do real early on was go find one of them. And, and kind of and and we talked about that, you know, and part of the thing was was to you know get back to that state of happy, joyous, and free in my life. uh <clears throat> you know, not the not necessarily the childishness. We get to where my right. soul is as free as that, you know. And what happens, our, like I said at the beginning, our spirit starts getting stepped on by various things. Where if it's peers, uh, I think the education system we have today steps on a person's spirit. Uh, um, the family system, however, that looked like for a various person. I, uh, the Brady Bunch or whoever was, well, Brady Bunch was a mixed family too. But, you know, those Huxtables or any of them movie families, uh, I don't think they I don't, I think that's the rare exception.
1: Most yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of like that, um, higher version of like that cookie cutter mold. kind of like that something that bar that everybody tries to obtain, but it's something that's made up and kind of like more of a make believe thing to, you know, trigger those feelings within you to be happy. And enjoy that to live it by curiously. Yeah. And so, to it? That, right, so to live that right opposite. Yeah. So to live that on a day-to-day level is really unobtainable, but it gives you something to strive for.
0: Yeah. Uh and that's the thing about, you know, one of the things I have that so much is Based upon my perception of what's happening, my perception of things, uh, you know, that keeping up with the Joneses or whatever is uh, uh, can turn a guy where that just keeps on beating your self-esteem down, 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 because you're not getting there, you know, and you're not using it as a goal to get somewhere. It just turns around and it's a hammer that comes back and beats you down to where you begin to think that you're not worth something and I never will get this or that. I know a lot of times that was what uh, here people will turn away from uh, higher power type of thoughts because if uh, there really was a God, He must be punishing me because <laughs> right. I'm not, I'm not getting so instead of uh, you know and and the I won't say better but like for a person the better thought pattern is is it doesn't exist rather than it's punishing me. Cause man, then that's a hard road to hoe uh, that, that it's hurting me. Um, Cause I always look, you know, my, my mom and dad stayed together the entire time till mom passed away. I had a role model in my life, my father that anybody would die to have. He just knows how to do life right. And he's always demonstrated that he demonstrated how to, be a father, how to be a husband, uh, all that stuff. But you know, for some reason, I couldn't, I couldn't follow it, you know. Uh yeah. I, I still went off the rails. Uh so you know, and um that's kind of what I'm getting at, you know, with the difference in the family systems, you know, uh a lot of alcoholics come into AA and they want to throw their family under the bus because of their problems. Now, there is some (laughs) truth to that, you know, but uh, here's me and I didn't have that. And I went the same path you went, you know. Uh, So to stop, you know, uh, start looking at what's one of the things. And I know I beat on this all the time, but it's my only frame of reference. The 12 steps that give me some frame of reference where I actually get to reconcile this stuff in my past without blame and judgment of the other people because that doesn't do me any good either you know resentment is just a killer and if all i'm doing is being you know if i'm resentful and a victim uh, i'm not going to get any better uh with right. those, those things in my heart so uh it allowed me to reconcile that stuff and begin to like uh start shaking the boot prints that were the stepped on my spirit thing uh over time and there's other ways to do it i know there is you know and that's why i have guys like you my actually my last two guests i've had on the podcast have not been 12-step people uh and you know listening to how they're uh you know i don't you ever listen to jordan peterson
1: yeah actually uh think that yeah i have but i was listening to the past couple episodes of you today get ready for this oh are you and yeah i can definitely relate to a lot of conversations you've been having lately so this was this was going to be interesting and a lot of fun
0: yeah yeah i hope the podcast is fun that's what i want it to be that's one of my goals is that we have some fun here uh even though we got to talk about some tough stuff right i mean some hard stuff to talk about but uh there's a tremendous amount of value in uh in Uh, expelling this negative energy out of us by talking to another human being. You know, another one of these 12 step things is I got these guys that I can puke on all the time, especially early on. Now my life is pretty good. Most of the time now when I'm I'm the receiver from the guys that are new. Uh, But to be able to talk about this, one of my guests not too long ago at the end of it, he was talking about how cathartic it was to speak here and just to talk. And to get this stuff out that he has been kind of canned up and holding in for a long time, that's another uh, uh, human deficit. Is that uh, that that we just we we have we have a backpack on our back, big rucksack, and every experience we have in life we put in there. We can't help it, and uh, the the negative stuff weighs more than the positive and uh before long i end up with a whole backpack full of stuff that i i can't carry anymore it's just too heavy and uh and you know that's the way i almost like to look at the walk is that that that's that same spirit being stepped on and before long the bag is too damned heavy and uh i gotta get somebody me i had to get somebody to help me dump the bag out sort everything out You know, accept this good stuff, Accept this bad stuff, put it where it belongs, which is in the past and realize fully that I can't do anything about what, you know, the water under the bridge. I can't get it back uh, and and reconcile all that stuff and polish it up. And uh, and then after I did that, the bad stuff didn't weigh as much as it used to. You know, because I was carrying it.
1: And then I think to build on that. Is actually this idea of mindset. Because we take a lot of that negative stuff we carry and we look at it as you know, it's so unfortunate that this is happening that you know X, Y, and Z has happened. I feel so horrible and I'm so down on myself about and poor me, poor, poor this, poor that, whatever, you know, whatever description you want to use, that you go off and you drowned your sorrows and all those different cliches. But if you were to t- take that mindset, twist it around a little bit and look at, you know, I'm fortunate that these things have happened. to me. And let me give you some really good examples. Number one, like, like we started this off with where I was telling you about, you know, my past and how this journey's kind of worked out for me. Along that path in my first marriage, I had, a daughter that depression anxiety, and all that stuff caused me to lose touch with now had i not gone through the second divorce and had that moment that i realized that nothing i was doing was right for me and i needed to change my approach i wouldn't be sitting here a year later from the first time that i got to be face to face with that little girl and able to probably tell you that her and i have built an amazing relationship because i went through everything that led me from sitting in my truck to the day that i got to sit face to face with her at the park that's one of them and number two goes internally for me because as i've shared earlier about how sitting there in that truck and it to me like just felt terminal. had i not been there i would not have seen the opportunity to examine myself and learn about who i truly am. i would have continued to do the well poor me poor me because i'm a victim that i just lost everything and now here i am alone and empty and you know things are terminal but having the opportunity to face the adversity of climbing back up and reshaping my life has made me a stronger person and that also ties into us sitting here today in this conversation because this tent behind me i'm in the staging area of getting ready to embark on a, a change of life last month, I lost my, my house again. I had teamed up with a roommate who took complete advantage of it. and gave me a three hour notice that I had to go. Golly! Now, had I not gone through and done all the work that I've done leading up to that moment, I would have been right back in the life is terminal. It's over. Hmm. Instead, I got the text message. I'm away from work. You need to move tonight. OK, I don't have any idea what I'm going to do. But I'm strong enough inside. I can turn inside, trust myself and know that I'm going to figure it out. Fortunately, I had a place to store my stuff and start getting ready for this, which is going to. become a. And tried to look at it negatively for a long time today i put a catchy little phrase around it in my own head. this is going to be an experiment living out of a tent at a campground and just making the best of my situation because uh as i touched on it earlier with my favorite book in there marcus aurelius wrote if a man can live in a palace he can live in a palace well Well, if I apply that to my life, if I'm in the influx of trying to figure out what I'm going to call my home, then I can live well in that influx and at this point call camp my home. And what it gets down to is the fact that these are things that are all within each and every one of us, you know, you touched earlier about the cycles that we learn as we grow up, especially the the vicious, ugly cycles. Well, that power in that work that we do, no matter whether it's through 12 step through whatever we study or we believe that power is within each and every one of us. There's just different ways that we get to hone into it. You know sometimes when you're driving down the street down the freeway and you see a billboard say at mile marker 20 that says you know red roof in here and there's not much to it you get down to mile marker 30 you get closer red roof in here this exit then it clicks for some people hey it's time to get off and tired. let's go to the red roof in it's right there Mm-hmm. And that's that's the key here. That's the thing that guys like us having difficult conversations. That's the beauty of it. Is my way of saying something combined with the way you say something combined the way with anybody else adds into it. We're all touching people in a different way. We're all showing them that that power. Is within them too because we're human beings just like they are and if you can rise above the things that you've been and i can do the same and everybody and so and so can do it as well then you know what whoever's sitting on my left hand side right now listening to this they can do it too and that's what i encourage and i know that's what you encourage with your message is that it's possible you don't have to sell yourself short it's going to be a hard road you know we make no mistakes by that and that's kind of where these hard conversations i feel really highlight things is by sharing my struggle you sharing your struggle we're not putting a silver lining on things we're not making things sound easier than they are because there's work and then there's also a community out there that'll support you while you do your work
0: yeah my uh my community means everything to me i know i wouldn't be where i'm at today if it wasn't for uh for the men that's in my life today uh their support means so much to me today uh Yeah, jordan peterson where i was going with that he he lays something out and it's not necessarily him he's just the one i heard it from about you know we all have our dragons to slay and those stories are from back in the ages you know from the parables and different stuff about going out and doing that you know and those things there really weren't any dragons
1: right (laughs) Uh, right
0: but that's the uh that's the that's the, the the cycle of life, and uh, you know, I, I more and more as I'm, I as as I become more and more open to teachings about stuff, uh, I start looking, you know, at a bunch of stories like that in more of a uh, parable way, a life lessons thing rather than the truth, you know. Uh, yes, doesn't really matter. Uh, if there were dragons or not, it's a cool story, you know, and the guy goes and he's scared to death and he ends up fighting the dragon and wins and you know they make movies about it and he gets the beautiful woman at the end and all that. And uh, maybe it happens to you, maybe it don't, but, uh, but we still don't doubt about it is we have, uh, we have uh, dragons to slay in our, in one's life. And sometimes people spend their entire life, never, never get past it. You know, there's tons of people. I know, I know some people that have been working in 12 step recovery for a long time. And not getting anywhere now. I know why they're not getting anywhere. It's not a, that's not a mystery to me. It's cause they won't do the work. They just play with it. Uh, you know, you, you admit it, you said something earlier, you know, and it just being to me like, uh, you know, that admitting that you got a problem is step one in our world. That's what our step the our step is admitting that you got a problem. Cause if you don't admit that you got a problem, uh, there's no way to solve it. Right. Right alcoholic comes into 12-step recovery and doesn't think that they're drinking is a problem you know if it ain't broke don't fix it right so they're not gonna do that part where you said uh where i have that feeling that i know i ha- i gotta do something different this ain't working What i got going right. on ain't working i gotta find something different you know and it kind of real you know there's old you know that old einstein thing about doing the same thing over and over again expecting different results uh we have that currents that oh man that's going to happen uh and that's a little bit of uh in our step one too and then our step one also and then step two ends up being where you know i begin to believe it says that believe that power greater myself could restore me to sanity is the step but i can look at it a few different ways uh you know if you come to believe that there's something that will help you And, you know, everybody gets all over the God stuff in AA, you know, and, and they're so far off. It's just a defense mechanism to not have, you know, to, to not come in and do it because there's very rarely does it actually say that, but all I got to do is realize that a power greater myself can restore me to Sandy. And, you know, there's a little bit of that in your, uh, finding that book, that dude is a power greater than you. And if you allow him to teach you what he knew uh then i begin to open up that you know and and begin to believe that you know it's the first little drops of hope i i think i can do something and get better you know and uh yes our step three is uh deciding to turn our actually decide to start turning our life we it says uh decided to turn our will and our life over to the care of god as we understood him uh that's the decision phase of saying, okay, now I'm really going to do it. See, I got a problem. I think that will help me. Now I'm really going to go do it. It's that simple. Right. You know, people make a big thing out of it. Uh, it's some pretty simple steps, but the one that, uh, I find is super valuable where we lose everybody is where we lose a lot of people is in that step four, where we're actually going to sit down and inventory, what our, what was our inventory, our life, take stock of our life of what we, the things we've done, the people we've harmed when we've been harmed, the different stuff has had an impact on making me who I am today. You know, what is all that that made me that way? And one of the things about a four step is, is it pops out some stuff as you, the way we work it, It comes out and the the end result is, is you get to see a lot of the patterns that you've been working because we I can't see me very well. Right. Not really. I don't see Dan that good Uh, in that fourth, fourth and fifth. When I talk about that with somebody else, uh, especially somebody who is versed in uh, in in our language we use here in 12 steps, uh, then I get to, like, see the patterns that have been defeating me. That's really the bottom line of it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna define and, and see an in inventory and have a list of the things that's gone, that's been defeating me. Um, I heard you was talking, you said earlier that you was doing some journaling and writing some stuff out. What kind of, what I know a lot of my 12 step friends journal a lot. I don't, I just never have. I'll,
1: I'll tell you, journaling, it's huge. You know, um, a, a lot of things that really got me, um, directed on the way that I journal, though, my journaling habits now is the concept of taking each day and holding it up for review because you can't learn something without looking at something
0: that is still in our world.
1: (laughs) See, I I told you a lot of this, uh, you know, stoic stuff really ties together very well. And uh, by doing that you get the opportunity to literally look at your day, you know, step by step, and break it down, and you look at how you approach the situation, how you dealt with something that you faced. Can you do it better? You ask yourself all kinds of questions.
0: What would I and, have done different?
1: Right, and you know, then again, there's a lot of reflection as well involved in there, with a lot of. Um, I find myself repeating myself a lot. You know, if I take a quote from the day, if I hear something that really hits me, then that goes in there and I can look back and, you know, it'll be there. And uh, a lot of people, when they start out with journaling, though, in all honesty, they feel intimidated. They're like, I'm not a great writer. This isn't going to be interesting. You know, nobody's going to want to read this. Who cares if something? if somebody wants to read it? It's, it's not, not what it's there somebody for somebody else. You're
0: right. Not. Same thing as that four step we do. I tell my guys, I'm never going to look at that four step. I'm never going to read it. It is not for me. It is for you. Everything in there is confidential between you and your higher power.
1: And that right there is the key because you eliminate all of the external judgment. It frees you to be honest and open with your thoughts you can organize them, you can evaluate them, you can test them against your eyes and your thoughts. Because when you go through it, and I do this a lot, is I'll write down, you know, my events of the day. And then as I'm evaluating and seeing how I could have approached things differently, or if I was satisfied with the outcome of things, then I look at it, and I really think if I was true and honest with myself about it, and that may become, you know, part of the writing, part of the chapter, whatever, the page. And then through the deeper reflection, I'm gonna find some kind of answer, some kind of meaning, some kind of lesson to be learned. And you know, we touched on it about how you know you don't have to be a good writer, you don't have to worry about somebody reading. But a lot of my modern, current form of uh, journaling is things that I get based off of what I read. And a lot of that is actually things that survived from journals that were handed down, which is kind of interesting. It brings up a really cool and interesting point of that. Yes, while you're here on Earth, odds are nobody's going to read that. However, in the course of writing those things, you're bound to write something sincere about somebody that is close to you that you'll never say to their face. Now, when you're gone, sure, people are going to be intrigued to want to know more about you and your private thoughts. They'll get to read that. You leave that behind. And that gives them something to carry on too. Mm -hmm. But, you know, tying it back to your life and at the current moment it's one of the most powerful tools that are out
0: i have a friend does what he calls soul writing Uh, and it's a form of journaling where he kind of free floats you know without a lot of thought you know not like really thinking about what he's writing just write what comes to his head and maybe meditate on some particular aspect of something going on and then allow that uh writing to come out i don't I, you know uh i have a few friends that do it quite often and get a lot out of it but i just can't do it i haven't been able to find myself to uh sit down and do it uh we do something that, that like you were saying that 10 step 10 steps says uh continue to take personal inventory and 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 uh P- promptly admit our wrongs, you know, the things we've done wrong today or whatever, you know, and if that's hurting somebody, it might mean I need to go making amends with somebody. Or if it's uh, uh, also just on a personal level, like you said, what could I have done differently? What have I, what would I have done differently today? Uh, you know, the situation. That i went through today that may not like more likely if that's if i'm thinking about it when i'm when i'm at night it's because it didn't go so good Uh, but sometimes it's actually looking at stuff that how you did it good you know and and allowing yourself a little uh uh congratulatory (laughs) hey man i handled that situation pretty good today you know yes uh, so it's got both of those things and a lot of people do a written 10th step inventory um that where they will actually kind of do a little mini fourth step where we actually write down and it sounds a lot like what you're doing uh where we write down what we did today and uh and you know look at look at those things if uh something i have been in a position where i was telling my sponsor about a particular thing that happened and uh he would suggest to me because we don't tell anybody what to do you know suggest to him uh that i do a formal four-step inventory on that stuff you know on on this little event of today and then uh walk through it and then give him a call when i'm done and we can talk about it you know and usually that's you know um there's not a lot of times he's uh that he's uh that i've had that happen but you know what happens after a while is that after he suggests it then i start beginning to do it on my own if i got something that uh I'm having trouble laying my head down because of something that happened today. Uh, I know my, you know, my toolbox is fairly handy today, you know, in the beginning, uh, I I, I didn't self prompt. Uh, Today I can self prompt and he and I carry on a daily dialogue. Uh, So I have this, uh, another thing I say is uh, I don't run my life too well. I just never have. But I got a guy that I talked to and by talking to him, my life is, my life is going really good today by talking to him. And if I look at him, fact of the matter is he ain't, he ain't run his life very well either, <laughs> but he's got a guy. Right. And his life is pretty good because he's got this person in his life. And there's a line in a big book that says, you have to be honest with somebody, uh, in order to live long and happily and I, you know the little lines like that begin to take on more meaning over time um and i understand that through the through the power of sponsorship today of being able to uh have somebody that i have uh I, I have a, I, I do i can just throw the filter away and i can just talk you know i don't have to worry about any kind of judgment and uh no i mean and i would be uh There's a lot of things I tell my sponsor, I ain't saying on this podcast.
1: (laughs) Completely understandable.
0: Yeah. But I need that in my life. Uh, As again, there's this thing about this. Call it negative energy for whatever that I, as I move through the world, I'm a magnet and negative and positive energy attached to me as I'm moving through my world. And uh, I got to have some way to get rid of the negative energy and my best tool is to expel that is to uh talk about it to my sponsor allows me to 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 get rid of it
1: but see i think one of the key things there that you just said is that you have the ability to be mindful of the fact that every day you're going to encounter both positive and negative energy and then you hold on to it you have to whatever it is and you know how to expand.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's more of that. Like, I didn't know how to do things a long time ago where I didn't, I didn't have any outlets and, you know, one of the things was, is, and this is, was a learned behavior was that I learned it wasn't safe to tell my friends stuff. Yeah. My air quotes, friends, these guys I thought were my friends, uh i could tell them something and think that it was going to be held in confidence and then to find out a day or a week later that it was not uh that began to teach me pretty quickly that i could not tell people stuff you know anything yeah and, like that. Uh, and and these guys i don't you know they weren't really they weren't going i'm on a hurt Dan. that was not their goal <laughs> uh, uh but yet they still did
1: Right. And I think that's something I had to learn too along the way was how to extend that that term or that title friendship. Because you know, we all get caught up in using it very loosely. And as you lose as you use it very loosely, you tend to open up and you tell people things that <coughs> excuse me, that um they end up either putting on blast and telling everybody things that they shouldn't know or they use those things that they learn against you. And I think as anybody progresses along the track of the 12 steps or you know any form of self-improvement, learning to really covet a friendship, you know, not just give it out loosely to everybody to be able to learn to judge and constantly evaluate the character of the people that are around you because we are a product of the five people that we are around the most And yeah, you know Jackson, everybody Jackson rubs, said
0: that the other day
1: right everybody rubs off on us and you know to be able to really honestly know somebody and call them a friend and give them the full support and benefit and know that it's coming in return, there's no alternative action, there's no, you know, if I say something, it's going to go this way, it's going to go that way. Those are the things that you got to learn to look out for. Like I said, you've got to learn to become literally the examiner and the judge before you ever deliver the verdict of the word front and that comes through practice that comes through just trial and error and getting out there and exposing exposing yourself to people within the reality of the world that we live in so when these things happen as you're going along the path and say you make friends with this person here you tell them something that is kind of personal that you figured was going to be confidential and it ends up getting back to somebody else and the whole circle goes, you can't beat yourself up over it. You take it as a learning process. You identify that aspect of somebody that did this, that perpetrated the situation. You learn to identify exactly what it was in them that made the red flag that you kind of thought about after you said it. And then you apply that to. Your dynamic of being the examiner. And then you take all that evidence together and you become the judge and then you decide whether or not they're trustworthy enough to be a friend.
0: Hmm. Yeah. This is getting a little on out on a limb, but. None of my old friends are currently my friends.
1: That is not so much on a limb that that is relevant
0: after my, well, I don't know how many I'm living. I don't know how many I'm listening to this podcast and still didn't and don't necessarily think that (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) that's the limb I'm talking about. Uh, And I, but I tried to do this thing where I thought I could still, you know, I could stop drinking and still hang around with people who did, and, you know, and I realized, uh, you know, that's how I'm able to give grace to new guys that come around is that I watch them. The things they are doing, you know, and, and I did that too. You know, I, I spent four years stumbling around in AA, not taking anybody's advice and wondering why I wasn't getting any better. Cause I was hanging around with you guys, you know, you, don't you get, I, you know, it's like, I was hoping to get this by osmosis, just by hanging around their shit would rub off on me. And I guess at some level it did eventually uh but i wasn't taking their suggestions and uh and my friend you know my friends today are all my 12-step buddies that's pretty much that's pretty much what it is um i hunt with them uh play around the woods with them i went over and helped the guy put a floor in saturday with them uh, I'll go hike to the top of a mountain in Colorado with them. Uh, and, uh, you know, but what I also had to do is start demonstrating that I was worthy of friend material too, because we'll put ourselves right. up here, you know, and, and again, I don't see me too well. So here I am and you're telling me something and I'm walking over here and telling somebody else too. And then I'll raise hell because you did that to me um
1: yeah
0: and and i don't even know it that's part of this there's a we it, i believe a lot of people are walking around unconscious uh, i completely they, agree they with realize, you realize uh, and, and you know that's one that's the reason why we lose so many people in the fourth step is because the, uh, the inability to look at oneself like through that format where I'm going to write all that stuff down. And a guy won't know that he's doing that. He just all of a sudden is working a bunch of overtime and doesn't have time to do it. Or he gets a new girlfriend and he don't have time to do it or any number of different things, uh, uh, will pull him away from that. And they think that they're busy doing this. But the fact yeah. of the matter is the, it's like a, I like to look at it like a parasite. It's there's this thing can hijack my operating system and I'm doing things that I don't even know I'm doing, you know, like that, like walking away from a four step. Um, because nobody wants to look at themselves.
1: You're right. That's where, uh, on my podcast with the title, the mindfully aspect comes in because we all get stuck on autopilot. And when you're an autopilot, that's where all these triggers have the most strength. When you're able to um, be aware of those, tr- not only the triggers, but also your actions and your movements throughout the course of whatever it is that's going on, that's where you take the power back. That's where you become, that's where you're back in control. And that's a place that taught that it's constant work to get there and constant practice and and getting there and learning how to do that though was uh literally invoking the practice of mindfulness and learning to meditate and just slow down in life.
0: Yeah, uh for a while I got the moniker, the energizer bunny. Uh, I never have been very good at slowing down, uh, even, you know, just like the yoga I like to do is a fast paced, high energy yoga. And when I end up in some yoga going real slow, man, it drives me crazy. Uh, uh, that's what, you know, um, our step 11 says improve our conscious contact with the God of our understanding, uh, through prayer and meditation and other things. And uh meditation is another tool that you know that um most people will avoid, and that's sitting still with yourself right that's the thing right See, i I like me today, I didn't used to like me that awful much, so I didn't want to sit around quietly by myself, you know, not unless I was putting some kind of inebriating substance in me uh yes. that's it. that's the only way I could hang around with me was when I was drinking. <laughs> Yeah. otherwise i'm always in a mind to escape and you know i still find that uh i heard a speaker say it once i related with it big time that my drug of choice in recovery is busyness stay busy, I can, stay, busy stay busy i can understand
1: that it's still the distraction it. the distraction of it because when you're moving and you're moving you're moving you're not thinking so much and when you're not thinking so much you don't have to sit with your thoughts And this is kind of where it ties to the outdoor aspect of Project Mindfully Outdoors. And you can relate to this a lot. Is when you're out there, you got nothing but time. And you're there with nothing but yourself. So you're sitting there with those thoughts, which means you're practicing mindfulness. And in a way, you're practicing a form of meditation. So if you're going out in the woods, or even if you're out fishing, it's giving you the opportunity to practice those things. You know, in, in the day-to-day world, that stuff might be scary. But in the outdoors, you're comfortable. You're relaxed. And you're not even thinking about it. And That's the cool part about it. It's the fact you're doing it without even thinking about it. So if you take that mindset and, you know, that knowledge right there, and you take it home with it, Sit somewhere quietly for just two to three minutes just to practice. Step it up to five. The other really cool, the other really cool aspect here is there's no right and wrong. This is gonna to look totally different for me than what it looks like for you or what it looks like for anybody else. And that's okay. You know, that's that's the whole point. Is none of our practices have to be cookie cutters and i can give you tips you know you can give anybody out there tips and practices according to what you do however as you start to implement these things you mold them to what works for you and it's something that as you practice that skill as you uh build the muscle you know it's just like doing setups you're building muscles you're training muscles So if you think of mindfulness as a muscle, when you're doing that time out in the outdoors, or you're doing the two to three minutes sitting at home, eventually it becomes instinct. And when you're in a situation that you're triggered and you're extremely tempted, you're going to lie back on that tool of mindfulness. That's going to get you through to the next couple of minutes.
0: uh, Meditation has become a, I guess it comes with this uh open-mindedness open-mindedness um my ideas about meditation are completely different than what i thought it was the first time Uh, i was fortunate enough that like when i when i got arrested and over uh, those burglary charges, that's a word I cannot say. And I wonder if there's something about that. I have people come in. Uh, it's funny how when people come into a, they will be able to say, I'm an alcoholic. You'll hear them stumble on it. You know, especially when they're brand new, they go, I'm out. An and they can't really say it. And I think that's like that parasite. It's like, no, don't say it. Uh, but um, I couldn't go back to AA. I uh, had been going for years and stumbling and all that. And just finally my pride wouldn't allow me to go back there. And, uh, uh, my old sponsor, my old original sponsor was having meditation meetings at his house. And, uh, and I started going to him and doing group meditation with guys and man, it was valuable guys and girls, you know, a group of people. And it's a very, after a while, I realized that at some level the one, well, one of the big benefits of that group meditation was, is that same ego pride thing that was working against me in some areas in my life would keep me sitting down and being quiet longer. Cause we did a 20 minute meditation and I couldn't sit still and quiet for 20 minutes, but I didn't want to move. Cause everybody else is sitting still, you know? So right. I kept my butt in the seat just from just like peer pressure. Uh, there was another guy that, uh, again, I um, pick up these things. and says, uh, we're not responsible for our thoughts, but we are responsible for how long we think them right yes and so like you know you hear a lot of people talk about meditation sitting quietly and the thoughts will enter the mind and you allow them to go by just like you might be watching clouds in the sky and you allow that just to move on out of your consciousness you know you don't have to in the you know so then meditation practice for me sitting still is practicing coming out into the world and living so that whenever these goofy thoughts come into my head, which they do quite often. I can allow them just to come on in and move on out. I don't have to sit around and sulk on them and 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 nurture them and harbor these things. Uh, it also gives me a reset button. I got something in my mouth, a hair whisker or something. Uh, that in, t- in life, you're going to have to sit and wait you're going to wait the grocery store. You're going to wait at the gas pump. You're going to wait the doctor's office. You're going to wear well, all of these various things that make us have to just sit there and wait. Meditations made as well. I don't have to sit. you see people in there and I'll be looking around when I'm waiting and people are coming out of their goddamn skin because they can't sit still and wait for a minute, you know? And, right. and I know, I know that's a, uh, a down base level life skill that a meditation practices has helped me with is allow me, uh, allow me to just be where I'm at, no matter what, no matter like in the beginning when I couldn't remember what, how long those was was on your podcast. Uh,
1: Real, it's got a I, don't,
0: minute. I don't count time. Uh, I just don't, I don't know how long it was. I don't know how long it's going to be. Uh, and, and meditation practices helped me, operate on that you know uh, one of the fundamental things in uh 12-step recovery is one day at a time i can do it for a day i can do anything for a day uh can you not drink today yeah i cannot drink today all right that's all you gotta worry about you know don't worry about Great. not drinking tomorrow let's just get through today and that one day at a time uh one day at a time one moment at a time be here now. That's the thing that's wrapped around you and meditation teachers a lot. You know, I'm just going to be right here right now. My thoughts are going to be right here with me, not off somewhere, uh, you know, thinking about what she's, what she's thinking about me or what he's thinking about me or what am I going to do at work tomorrow. I'll sit here and try to wipe my mind to a blank slate, which is really impossible. I mean, I've had moments of meditation where I disappeared. It's almost like sleep, but I'm not sleeping uh, where I, you know, so I have those moments and it's pretty cool when you get some, I mean, I've had some really, really cool meditation moments. So I should be careful. I'm not saying, but like you said, those were ne- It's not a target and it's not like a, a goal to get there. Right. That that's where I want to get. I want to have a meditation where I'm levitating. Uh, right. Uh, if i if i focus on that kind of goal it don't work you know that's it's opposite of the opposite of the idea about meditation meditation is supposed to be in, in my world a blank slate and to go a little bit further you know my activities have become to be meditations too. certain ones you know i'm into cutting these hand cut deep dovetails right now uh you know joining two edges of wood dovetailing together and um yeah. Time disappears while I'm out there doing that, man, and I'm just sitting out there, man, with my little saw, my chisels, and a couple pieces of wood and and just making this dovetail happen. Uh, and I have a lot of things in my life hunting falls into that category at times, you know, uh, where I just, I just go sit and, uh, and be, be there at the moment. Don't be anywhere else. Don't be thinking about what's going on at home or, or any other place in the world, except for where I'm at right now. And a whole bunch of things become meditative practices, but I had to have that base meditation of being able to sit here and sit still for a few minutes. And that still is my baseline meditation, uh, far as I'm concerned, uh, that has to be a piece of it. Cause I think, you know, some people say, well, I meditate while I'm driving. Well, I mean, that's probably kind of like when I say I meditate while I'm doing dovetails, uh, I think there has to be a, in my world, there has to be a piece of that, that actually contains stillness.
1: I think that is the key right there is the stillness aspect of it because you can get distracted way too easy by the movements and that's kind of counterproductive to the concept of the mindfulness which is sitting still learning to control your thoughts as far as not latch on to them, not to create a story around them just let them come let them go and you know being in the middle of driving down the freeway that's a uh, probably not the safest avenue to go when you're uh flying down the freeway trying to get somewhere is to be like oh i've got no thought going on all of a sudden you know there's a, a semi right in front of you or whatever right? Can, you right back I, in
0: yeah i can kind of see what they're saying about like if they get kind of zinny or whatever and they've kind of just are just you know they're be here now kind of thing you know Behind the
1: wheel. I get
0: that. That's not for me. I I never have really found that kind of thing work for me. I'm I'm just not. Uh, And like you said, uh, I start my people out on meditation right off of that. You know, uh, here's how the 11 separates. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve my conscious contact with uh, God and my understanding. And uh, when you say that, uh, I heard, uh, Sam, you know, Sam Harris, you ever listen to him? Yes. Uh, I struggle with his atheist type of point of views kind of stuff, but I still like what he's talking about. And the other day I was listening to him and he said, without a meditation practice, when you get to these spots like where in life where everything is just, because we should, hopefully we have some places in life where it's just, uh, I do, I get it all the time. I know for a fact that I am where I'm, uh, I'm, where I'm supposed to be doing what I'm supposed to be doing, you know, I, and that that is a wonderful feeling to have in my life on a regular basis today that I know I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be at. And he says, with a month out of meditation practice, you can't even get there. Cause you can't stop nice. the spinning wheel to even enjoy Great. it. Or let's say you're, uh, um, I don't know, you are sitting in a tree stand and that sunset is just awesome. You know, some nights the sky is just unreal. Right. Without a meditation practice or something like that, you can't sit there and actually just say, ain't that cool, you know, and enjoy the, the really high spots in life. I've got them damn stink bugs around. Come. You got them up there?
1: Not yet, Uh but they'll be out soon.
0: I've had the last few days I've been doing (laughs) podcasts and they fly right in here on me. Um, and where I was going with that is it's step 11 in our thing. And, and we do do the steps in order. That's a thing, but I get somebody praying and meditating from the day. I start working with them.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's an important practice to develop. When you put that tool in the toolbox, you know, you've got the solid foundation right there that you can really tackle anything it may not sound like it at the time but when you are able to channel that that mindfulness and that meditation you know you're able to slow things down and work through things a lot clearer so even the overwhelming situations are a little bit easier even wow. if you're in a position where say you know every every light switch is flipped and you're about to uh, go down the wrong trail you can at least stop and slow down enough to say, Hey, you know, I better reach out to a sponsor and find the, you know, the nearest phone or the nearest Avenue to that sponsor. And that'll keep you back on track as opposed to everything spinning out of control. And, you know, I'm just running head down a one way path.
0: Yeah, man, I I remember doing that, but I can't remember the last time where my where I spun out of control. And when, you know, I remember doing it, but that's the right. beauty of what's going on now is you know I've had some pretty heavy shit happen to me in recovery, and I didn't spin out of control. You know, I, it, yeah. it, I didn't get there. Uh, I had every reason to, uh, but that was not my default reaction anymore. I'd practice something else. Um, and, you know, and that prayer thing, that's another, you know, everybody comes to me and, you know, when I get started working with somebody, they generally will say that they don't, you know, they omit to me that they don't know how to pray. They don't, they feel stupid doing it. Uh, and, you know, I have just found too often to be a coincidence that no matter what your thing is, you know, and that is the hardest thing about that. It's probably the hardest hurdle of 12 step recovery is to get people to let go of what they think God is. Yes. That word. You know. So I said you what I find and where I was going with that is that I found that if I ask the universe for help, I get it. You know, and I don't really know where that's coming from. If that's like more of a higher self thing, which is I subscribe to that. There's a higher self inside of me, you know, that's that's that knows more than the dummy everybody sees. <laughs> uh, or if there's actually some energy out there that's actually providing this help. I've had a few times in my life, more than a few times in my life where uh, I have asked for help and I have received it in such a way that I can't give any other There's no other explanation for what happened. I don't know, but I asked for some help that was outside of my reach. And like, for instance, when I couldn't stay at my parents' house uh, because my mom had pain pills there and I needed to be staying sober and I wasn't going to be able to stay sober at her house with them pain pills in there. Uh, When I asked God for help, uh, he, uh, you know, I'll tell you how I feel about it. He changed the goddamn paperwork down at the courthouse and let me stay home. When I wasn't supposed to, you know, and I could that's that's probably my biggest one where that happened. But if I ask the universe for help, it it, it delivers time and time and time again. And that's why I have a guy when he's early on, you know, OK, you don't know what to pray for. Uh, ask the universe to help you stay sober tomorrow. <laughs> when you wake up in the morning, ask the universe, to help you stay sober today. However you want to do it. I don't care what words you use. Uh, I've even heard people talk about, you know, they name their higher power, Frank or Fred, or, you know, and just because they, they're so hung up on the G word that they won't use that. I fell back to where that's just what I use because it's a default word I heard growing up and everything else. And I just don't worry about it anymore. I tell this story about a guy come up to me not awful long ago and he, we were talking and we didn't know him at all. And, uh, and he looked me right in the eyes and got started smiling and he goes, Your Lord and Savior is Jesus Christ, ain't it? And I said, yep, you're right. Now, do I subscribe to that? Not really. But he had his conception of whatever his higher power was. And I'm not going to be the one to step on it and say, well, actually, I don't really believe in that. This is the way I see it. You know, I just I just because I know what he's saying, because I've got my own. I just don't call it that.
1: Yeah, it's like we were saying earlier, how we all have our own different narratives, we all put different spins on everything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when it boils down to it, as long as you've got that belief in something, then you know what, you've got that motivation to go. And, you know, a lot of the time that motivation comes within. So if you put a label on it, a name to it, then, Hey, that's awesome that's what works for you myself. It's kind of like I'm finding the strength within me. I can't explain where it's coming from, but it's just there. And I, you know, that's just, that's my nature. That's kind of going hand in hand with nature and just let, take me where it takes me. So it's the same sort of putting the trust in, I believe the, um, the step would be putting trust in God and just kind of let things go or, However, that works into the serenity prayer or whatever. I'm not very well versed in it, but you know, I, I know it's along the same lines.
0: Yeah. That serenity prayer really was not anything to do with recovery. I was written completely separate of it. It just ended up being so much in line with the recovery and they started saying it. Uh, and this is, this is my understanding. Again, I'm not, I try not to make sure that people think I know what the fuck I'm talking about, <laughs> Stuff I've heard and they've been told, uh, is that it just was, and you know, we don't even say the whole serenity prayer. We just say the beginning of it, which is uh, I mean, the if you if you break it down to the to its roots, man, uh uh grant me a serenity to accept the things I can't change. You know, that's pretty simple. You know, right. if I can't if I can't do nothing about that, allow me to be okay with it. You know, uh give me the courage to do to change things where I can change them. Give me the courage to do that. You were talking about courage either earlier about having the wherewithal to say, okay, I'm going to start trusting myself and have the courage to trust that I can get this moving in a different direction. Give me the courage to do that. And then, hey, give me the wisdom to know the difference between those two, what I can change so that I can discern the difference between the stuff I can change and the stuff I can't change. And uh, and that's pretty elementary kind of stuff, right? Uh, you'd, think it, you'd think I could have uh, – Learned that before I turned 45.
1: (laughs) You know what? I'm right there with you because the the point that you just made actually uh, took me forever to, I guess, come to grips with and understand, let alone how to put it into practice. And the way that I think of it is I think about the elements of a situation that are within my hand. If it's something that's in my hand, it's something that I control the function of and inevitably the role that I play within it. Everything else around me is something that isn't in my hand, therefore I have no control over it. And it's just something that I'm gonna to have to interact with and deal with. By focusing on what's in my hand, I'm able to put the best version of myself forward. And that's something that has taken me a long time to learn and not only learn, but be able to pass on, is just how important it is to focus on those couple of seconds between the stimuli that you cannot understand or that you have no control over and the response, which is what you do have control over because that's what's within your hand, how you respond to a situation. That split second in between the two is where the focus needs to be and it draws you back to the fact that i need to focus i need to think and consider how my response is going to be if um say for instance to tie it back into all of this if i'm around a bunch of guys that are drinking and all of a sudden my trigger goes off and i start to want to drink then do i a pick up a bottle and join in or do i b leave and go seek out a sponsor or someone else that i can speak to to help me de-escalate the the trigger in the situation well obviously if we're at a stage where we're really computing the 12 steps, and we're, we're really in the process in the progress of getting ourselves clean, we fully grasp the commitment aspect of it, then we're going to know that our option is to leave and go mm-hmm. seek help that's going to support de-escalating the trigger. If we're in a situation where we haven't fully made the commitment to ourselves yet, and you know, everybody's drinking, I'm triggered. Then it's kind of a toss-up because are we going to stop and we're going to think or are we going to just react? And one of the first steps that you really got to practice and learn is to stop and think. And that'll lead you to the outcome that you need and there's the a, outcome that's going to support the sobriety.
0: There's a line in the book. Uh, there's a, It's a magic set of 164 pages and one of it says, we pause when agitated or doubtful. We pause, whether if we're agitated, if I get agitated about something, pause. If I'm doubtful about what to do next, pause. And that pause might be a day or a week. we don't, you know, that's, there's no time again, no timeline on it. But yeah, and that's a pretty simple thing too. It's, you know, when, Again, when you boil that down, that makes sense but I never was any good at it. You know, I uh, popped the cork on things and I always felt like the decision needed to be made right now. You know, that, that, and, and I've learned that there's very few things in life that happen that the decision has to be made right now. You know, I want to get it checked off. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a list maker and a checkbox dude or I'll get myself a list of stuff that needs to be done. And I want to check off all the items. And I kind of have that same mentality of, as I'm moving around, as I want to, uh, uh, when I bump into something, I want to face it and, you know, slay that dragon right now, toss him in the pile right. and move forward. And uh, sometimes when I know there's that, I don't know the answer or what to do with this today right now, but well, then I just don't worry about it. I, I move on, I keep on walking. Uh, so that's a, every you'll hear that around too. That's it's, it's pause when agitated or doubtful to learn and that's another thing meditation does meditation makes my pause button easier to hit you know have you seen those uh there's some one of them stores that's got a little red button people have them yeah. sitting on their desks and stuff uh that's a picture of my pause button in a way and uh it's it, it my pause button is is has gotten bigger through meditation practice that I don't have to have that reaction. Uh, I can do the old response instead, or, you know, sometimes the action is nothing. Nothing can be an action. I don't have to, uh, I don't have to do something right now. You know, as I talk to these people and I'm always, you know, again, my frame, my frame of reference is the 12 steps. One of the things that I, you know, as I look at other ways people do things, And, you know, there's two big places where I see where somebody like that inventory. I think that's really, really important. And I know some places that do it. I was listening to uh, Zach said that I should listen to this book called Be Happy and Get Rich or something like that. I can't remember what it is. I know what it is, but I got it and I started listening to it today. And in that book, they start talking about doing a written inventory. And uh, I thought, huh, well, there's another parallel but one of the things that i see that's missing in, in most places or either they're not talking about it or something is this part where we go back and clean up uh clean our house clean up our side of the streets way we say it and uh and c- clean up our side of the street and then keep our side of the street clean that means i ain't gonna get over there with you and start figuring out how you gotta clean up your mess That's your mess to clean up not mine uh right you know because we will we're this this drama thing or this attraction we that the humans seem to have is that if you got some shit going on over there, I want to go over and get into it, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and I got to learn it. No, that is the detachment. Uh, of, that is not my problem to get into, but to actually, uh, that's not really what I'm talking about. More of what I'm talking about is, is the fact of the matter is that I have harmed some people in my path. And until I go face those people, and make the effort to make it wrong well i go there and i own my shit i say you know, yes i did this i know i did it it was wrong of me i harmed you uh you know and then you know do you have anything to say to me and allow these people to talk to me and get off their chest whatever it is that they may need to and then ask them what i can do to make things right uh you know then i get to quit looking over my shoulder while i'm moving around the world because otherwise if i don't do that step I always got to worry about Joe. It might be around the corner or bump into Susie at the grocery store or various other things. And I can't really live. Uh, cause today I'm free. I am free today. Uh, because I've done my amends. I've cleaned up my house. I don't owe anybody anything. Uh, I'm still cleaning up some financial amends by paying off some creditors, but that's, right. that is, that's happening. And I'm really close. Um, you know seven years sober i had a hell of a mess man and i'm just now hitting to where i'm getting it to where you know over the next month or two i should be done with everybody uh and debt free and uh except for my house and uh but that's one thing is this this element of making amends Uh, i know it's a because as we look at like what you're doing and what zach's doing and last night what lynn was doing you'll see these parallels in all these personal development type of activities and, and, and pathways, but that making amends and going around and cleaning up your past, that's one that I don't hear anybody talking about sides.
1: I will give you that one. I know personally, I've only probably tackled a couple of those. A lot of, a lot of the other ones I kind of, I'm still on the fence about whether or not I want to, or I need to. However, there are times and situations where a lot of those ghosts kind of come up.
0: Yep, Unless and we get uh, all them skeletons out of the closet every time we go in there to get a fresh shirt. There they are.
1: Exactly, and to be honest, to be completely honest about it, you know it when they come up you get to a point where you think about it, you don't know how to approach it and you kind of make your own amends with it because you look at it and say, you know, a lot of those bridges were built or were built together, but they were also burnt together. You know, it wasn't always a one-sided affair.
0: Yeah. I have a, you know, I was, I was taught uh, by my sponsor and it's not really in the big book. A big book talks about amends, but it, and it talks somehow to do them um well, my sponsor taught me i call it the recipe you know and and we have a, i have a recipe for doing amends and it's great it's most well maybe one of the most powerful things i've ever come in contact with man uh the way we we make a list of the harms okay i kicked him in the teeth i stowed his dog and i ran off with his wife you know <laughs> these are the things i did that harmed that person Uh, and then we write a script that's got some parts in it and we have a script and it's not like a rote script. It's more of a recipe of these are the things we're going to hit. You know, I'm going to tell you why I'm here. Why am I here with you? I'm going to be specific about the things I did. I'm going to own my shit. I'm going to say, yes, I did that. I'm going to stop and give you a, a time to talk and say the things that you need to say because that's one of the most powerful things in the amends in my experience and coaching other guys through it is when you allow that other person to actually get off the hook too because see, you've just like gave them an ability to do their amends even if they haven't done anything wrong maybe they want to say you know you're a really asshole and you really i hated you your guts and da 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 you know if that's just what they need to say that's what they need to say maybe they might say hey look when you go uh and okay so you let them have that period of talk and then you say what can i do to make things right what can i do to repair the damage i've done you know and sometimes that's well i want my money back you know or right uh, nine times out of ten though that's i'm proud of you just keep on doing what you're doing i know sometimes people have said uh you can steer clear of me from here on out if you want to or you know i just as well that you just did not enter my life again. So okay, I can do that. I'll do my best to stay out of your way. And the yeah, I can relate formula to that. Is powerful. And I mean I've had and did I tell you a story about doing I told you that the guy beat me with the ball bat, right? Yes. And the pepper spray. Did I tell you about doing amends with him?
1: Yes, I believe you did.
0: Right here outside this gate, man. And uh to stand there with a the guy who who we had the friction we had between one another of that level, uh, and to be standing there and, and, and I couldn't help it. Tears come out of my eyes and he, tears are coming out of his eyes. We're standing there making things right, man. And, uh, golly, I've just never been, uh, the amends are so powerful. Uh, it's like and once you get to doing them, you get addicted to them in a sense, man, I'm gonna go clean my whole damn world up. You know, <laughs> I'm gonna get every right. skeleton out of the closet. And, but, uh, and I was at a talk, we went, um, seven of us went up to Cincinnati the other day and listened to an AA speaker. Uh, we all like him. He's kind of rough and gruff and tells it how it is. And he, he, he has a patch over one eye too, which makes him extra cool. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, he said, okay, everybody raise your right hand. And so, I don't know. It was maybe 150, 200 people there. I'm not sure. And no, but quite a few. I, I want you to swear that I will not attempt amends without talking to my sponsor <laughs> so because you don't ever go rogue on it. Right. So I run those all mm-hmm. through him, you know, and there's been some times where my sponsor said I had something I thought I needed to make amends on. And he said, no, that's uh that falls under the category because step nine says uh, make amends to all those we'd harmed except for when to do so would uh, harm somebody else. So if I'm going to, I can't go picking your scab to get free. I can't do that and uh once again like when i said, again i can't see me too well i don't see that so i got somebody and say here's the circumstances here's what's happened and you know this is what and and sometimes and i've been in the same boat where i've told sponsees uh i had one sponsee that to go make amends to all the girls he had laid over the years and uh i said no you're not <laughs> it takes two to tango and uh and i think you just really want to go toot your horn to tell all them girls you're sober today that's what you really want you just want to go right. toot your horn around town and and show everybody that i, I have uh that i ha- have been redeemed uh so he didn't get off the hook on that though we always have uh what's cool and, and see there's a couple things like the 12 steps one way is one thing but this 12-step spiritual recovery that commercial i did at the beginning of the book or in the beginning of the podcast, uh, my sponsor's been sober, he'll be 38 years in May. And he's had a lot of really good teachers. And uh, and he's like taking the best of everything he could find and like put it in this package. And that's my recipe that I use that I get, that I use on people too, um, when I'm taking somebody through the 12 steps. So uh, we do what uh, call, you know, there's a numeral, and the big book does say this, amends can come in innumerable forms and uh there's a story chris tells in the book about somebody doing amends with a dog with a friend's dog that he treated bad and you know it just sit on him because what my ultimately what i'm trying to do uh one way to put the amends process is i'm out trying to balance the karmic scales Mm -hmm. you know because i got this all weighted down and all this shit i'm carrying and And, you know, there is a little self-serving in that to balance those scales and make things right again, Uh, you know, make things right in the world and, you know, in my world. And a guy does an amends with his friend's dog that he treated poorly, you know, took him out for a walk and took him some treats and sat down under a tree and talked to him and uh, swears the dog knew what was going on, (laughs) you know, Uh, and like the guy that I had uh, that wanted to do that uh we looked up some women's shelters and stuff and he went and spent some time and volunteered some time to go do some work at those places that they needed some things done and that's the way he balanced the karmic scales and those amends so you're not always going to go face up to somebody um and do them you know sometimes you i've had to do i had to do i get to do uh, amends with people who are passed you know and we have a recipe for that too for people that are that have moved on to the next adventure. So it's really powerful, man.
1: Sounds like a really powerful uh, way to put it all together. And I definitely respect that. And I appreciate that a lot. <laughs> it, it's really ties together to that concept though, of uh, balancing your books. You know what I mean? Where at the end of the day, You've got everything in line, everything's in order. Making amends after listening to all that, I do gotta admit I need to reevaluate my stance on. And you know, it's these are the cool things that come out of these kind of conversations. Exactly. Cause I, I feel like a lot of mine is at, coming into it was really battle-hardened. You know, like I said, uh yeah, it took two of us to build a bridge and took two of us to burn it down. So to me, it was even maybe I need to revisit some of those thoughts and,
0: uh, and I get you totally on that too, man. Uh, and that's also, uh, that is also part of the formula in there, um, that I do some work on some forgiveness to that other person before I do my amends, because if I can't forgive them, I can't go ask them to forgive me. Right. So we right. had a process on the front end that I didn't talk about. That's our step eight uh, of getting ready to make these amends and come to terms with with things uh, and, and forgive them. And also, uh, you know, their wrongs aren't to be discussed, you know, when that's one hard thing to do, man, is to overlook what they did, you know, but, uh that's part of that, keeping my side of the street clean and, you know. My wife and I, my ex wife and I, that's exactly the same thing, man. I mean, I know to some extent it took two of us to burn it down, man, but I went and showed up one day on her doorstep and made amends for my part of it. And when I said, uh, Do you have, I'm here to listen to anything that you want, need to say to me, uh, she told me. (laughs) And it was a while. And my job there is to sit and take it without any judgment no agreeing no accepting just sit with a compassionate ear and 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 hear her out and uh you know a big piece of what she said was take she was owning her shit, you know and yeah that 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 allowed us both to get our sides of the street clean now i didn't go into it with any thought that she would do that i went in there just to clean up my side of the street if she just said. Yeah, you're right. You screwed this up and it's all your fault. I'd have just said, and I owned it, you know, because by now right. I'm in spiritual development that I'm okay carrying that too. You know, that's, yeah. a, that's another thing that, uh, like what I was saying a minute ago about going and getting into other people's stuff. Uh, I don't carry people's luggage anymore, man. Uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna carry your grief. You know, I'm not gonna, Uh, Your stuff is your stuff. And I was talking to Sponsy on the phone today that uh, I feel like I got like a bulletproof suit on because I'm around a bunch of crazy shit at times. You know, if you if you live in 12 step circles, (laughs) uh, you got some you got some crazy shit around you. Uh, And I don't ever take any of that on anymore. You know, it never does. It doesn't it doesn't invade my serenity anymore. And it used to. And I watch my new guys who are now sponsoring other guys. Uh, I watch them have trouble with that. They haven't got to that point where that that they got their own bulletproof suit on yet. Uh, their people's stuff gets in them and they begin to get like emotionally attached to these other people's problems. And uh, it's another miracle of uh, what's happened to me. I joke around about all these things that are the number one best thing that's about recovery. You know, about 50 number ones. And that's one of them. <laughs> right. Uh, I know I put on a big pitch for this stuff, man. Uh, my sponsor and I. So here's a way, and I know we're not alone in this, but I'll I'll own it from what he's taught me is that the universe handed down the 12 steps to the only people who were desperate enough to do them. Alcoholics down in the bottom gutter drunk under the overpass alcoholics and it's gained speed over time right there's like a hundred different 12-step fellowships now between you know they get all segregated cocaine anonymous marijuana anonymous methamphetamine anonymous heroin anonymous there's a hundred of them or more and uh and we're both convinced that the tools that work for all these losers, let's say, you know, these people who really lost the game of life, right? <laughs> uh, these people who fit in the 12 step fellowships, uh, were at least losing the game of life. And, uh, if it'll do that for those people, imagine what it would do for people that hadn't gone that far down the scale yet.
1: That's definitely, uh, Definitely a lot to think of. I mean, like I touched on earlier, a lot of what I understand about the 12-step program is things that have been handed down over generations and just redefined. And they've been put into practice in a way that's intangible in life. And I think if we all were able to look at the situation, the practices, the things that you guys are doing over there in 12 and all the different 12 steps, it'll only add more tools to our toolbox. And this the same is on the other side of the street. You know, there's tools that we use that can probably benefit the practices that you guys do. Yeah,
0: this, and, this is a springboard that opened me up to be able to hear the other stuff. You know,
1: right. You know, they all just build off each other. And it's the cool thing is, is it's all happened throughout history. You know, it goes from one generation to another.
0: It's as old as written as we, it's all I can say is as old as we've been documenting since the written word, uh, these principles Absolutely. have been uh, put into place. But it's funny, you know, uh, there's that old thing about you get the le- you get the lesson over and over until you learn it, you yep. know. The human race has been spending <laughs> yes. a, a lot of time getting these same lessons over and over and over and over again.
1: Yes. And I think, you know, the one of the funnest, the coolest parts about that, exactly the way you just said it, is the storytelling. You know, because we're, we're learning all this throughout stories.
0: Yep, it is. That's the way it's it's been great. passed
1: down every generation. <laughs> It just takes, you know, whatever the modern look is. And as we continue to refine and hone the principles and the practices, we share a completely new story with the next generation that hopefully, hopefully sets them up to maybe start one step ahead of where we started.
0: Yeah, You know, and I think thing that's all we can do. Yeah. Another thing we've been doing forever. I was sitting, I have a deal where I go to lunch with some guys on Thursday and uh, they're not really in my circle. Uh, when I stumbled around early in AA, some of these guys I knew and one of them is HVAC guy. And when I have trouble with something, I call people in the program because I know them; they're going to treat me right. You know? Uh, right. So I call the guy I know who's HVAC guy when I need some problem, when I had some trouble and he's helped me out a few, he's helped me out every time. Actually, the last time I had trouble, he couldn't get over here and he coached me on how to fix it i can fix about anything i just don't know necessarily what the to what to do about it and uh yeah i thought but anyway one day he asked me he said man a group of us go out to lunch every thursday you want to come and i said no i can't guarantee i can't come every thursday but i'll come when i can and i've had a big streak of being able to go with them and um again the value of it's 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 not i'm not able to describe that but we were sitting around and i'm listening to these guys and. I'm 52. I'll be 53 in August. Uh, and I'm, I may be at this time, the youngest guy at the table (laughs) and, uh, and they're doing this thing where they're talking about the younger generation and how they're screwing everything up, so to speak, you know? And, you know, I know it's one guy and and they're just complaining about the younger generation, you know, and that's another thing that's been going on since the beginning of time, I think, too, that these old codgers go, I don't understand these younger fellers. Uh, You know, I I don't understand these youngsters. When I was a kid, man, we were out on bicycles. We were out playing ball at the local ballpark. We were out, you know, and now you see the ones are just sitting in rooms on the computer, right? Uh, Right. And I can't understand that. Uh, but when I was a kid, I guarantee you my grandma and grandpa was saying something about me, about not understanding me either. Uh, it just almost seems like a, you almost wonder if this just isn't what life is, right? It's just, this almost this recycle, 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 recycle. And we really haven't been getting anywhere. I mean, we got some technology and some things that get somewhere, but when you bull me and you down and these humans walking around, these little animals that can talk, uh, we're still learning the same lessons as they were 2000 years ago or whatever
1: it is it's exactly what it is i mean like we said earlier earlier the stuff all gets handed down generation by generation we all face the same obstacles and adversities throughout history they just look a little bit different and i think for our generation if we can pass that one single lesson down to the next i think we'll have done something significant
0: yeah, continue to carry the message. Absolutely. Uh, you know, that's step 12. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it is. Uh, having, had a, having had a spiritual awakening, my spirit has been awakened. Uh, as a result of these steps, these 12 steps, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we carry this message to other alcoholics and practice these principles in all our affairs and uh they say like one two three are decision steps you know decide to have a problem decide help help is available and then make a decision to accept the help uh four through nine are the action stuff where we're actually going to inventory and go out and make things right and then 10 11 12 are what they call maintenance steps which is continue to take personal inventory is 10. uh continue to grow which is 11. you know it says all this Sought through prayer and meditation to improve your conscious. Continue to grow. That's what step eleven says. (laughs) Uh, And twelve is keep on. You can't you can't keep it if you don't give it away. And we have a responsibility to carry the keep continue to carry the message. Pretty pretty simple stuff. Yeah, and you're right, man. And we do have it. But my sponsor's got a little pet peeve here lately of people going that they wish they'd got sober sooner. And he goes, no, you didn't. <laughs> if, you, right. if you really did wish you woulda, you woulda. You didn't. You wanted to get high. You wanted to get drunk. You uh and I and I there's a little piece of me that says, I wish I'd have listened earlier, man. I went to my first Amy when I was 16 years old after a DUI. Had to go to a few. Couldn't didn't hear shit. You could have told me I had a problem at 16 years old. No way. I got another DUI at 19 years old. They sent me again. Sent me these alcohol awareness classes and all this kind of crap I had to do. I had to go to some AA meetings. Didn't hear a thing. You know, so I had those opportunities. The message was carried to me when I was was that young and, uh, and handed to me in a plate. But I couldn't accept it. I couldn't. I could not accept the help.
1: It's like the old saying goes, though, when the student is ready, the teacher will be there. You know, the stuff's always there and it just takes that, that one, uh, I guess, quake moment where something clicks and then you're on the path.
0: Yeah. We say that a lot, uh, around our circles, we say, well, he just ain't ready. Right. He's just not ready yet. Problem is, some people don't ever get ready. The guys in my life don't get ready. We bury them. That's usually what happens to guys that don't, don't ever get ready.
1: You know, you know, there's a, another famous Marcus Aurelius quote where uh, we, they talk about death a lot in Stoicism and trying to rationalize it. And you're sitting there and you're afraid to die because of what? Because you're going to continue to, in this case, hit the bottle? Because you're going to continue to go down that path that's going to kill you anyway? And you learn to challenge that statement with the fact that I'm not afraid to die because I can't do those two things. I'm ready to die because when that day comes, I've lived each day to the fullest. I wake up tomorrow and I've got a new opportunity. That's a blessing. That's a bonus. And I'm going to apply that bonus to the positivity of moving myself forward and just enjoying and participating in the greater good in the human nature, being a socialistic animal.
0: Yeah, man. I get an email from, it's called the Daily Stoic. I think his name's Ryan Holiday. Is that what it is?
1: It is. That's actually, uh, was actually what got me into it because it saved my life.
0: Really? Yeah. I read yeah. it every day and I check it out. Uh, I'm open, I always get,
1: <laughs> always get something out of it every
0: day. You know, some, some days it touches you more than others, right? Cause I do get a tremendous amount of inspirational shit every day. I've cultivated yes. life where my, when I wake up in the morning, I've got a whole bunch of inspirational stuff in my phone. If I have time to, and choose to spend, I always really spend some time in all of it because that's my morning routine. I get up, I wake up, I pray, I read some inspirational stuff and I meditate and I do a little yoga and then I get on with my day, whatever that means. Uh, and that's only about a 30 minute thing every morning. It doesn't take long.
1: Yeah. But having that really good routine in the morning, set yourself up to win the day. Yep. And that's another important practice to get into and, you know, mold to whatever it looks like that fits you. And right, you I know that's having good
0: days. Day. Does that right? Consistently it's good days too. Right yeah well cool man it's been a fun talk uh absolutely knocked around a lot of cool stuff i appreciate you being on um i'll give you an opportunity to promote your podcast for a second and uh also uh if you have any closing thoughts or anything that you want to say before we hang up the zoom phone
1: all right well project Mindfully outdoors you can find the podcast on apple spotify just about everywhere else that you can pick up a podcast uh we are kicking off season two which is going to be focusing a lot more on the storytelling aspect of like we touched on earlier how storytelling has been uh one of the main key components of the human experience throughout time and how all these lessons get passed down and then We've also got the Project Mindfully Outdoors website, which is projectmindfullyoutdoors.wordpress.com. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram, Project Mindfully Outdoors. And I guess uh, as far as closing thoughts or wisdom is all of these elements, like we said, are here when you're ready. You know. It takes that quake moment, no matter whether it's alcohol or depression, mental, you know, anxiety or anything like that. These elements are all here for everybody. And they're all tools that we each can learn. You know, I've come through a lot myself, be it with all my different obstacles. And I'm just a human being like everybody that listens to this podcast. And I feel that if I can do these things, I can, Propel myself up to a better level where I'm more comfortable within me and I can function, then anybody can do it. And having said that, it takes the work, it takes the tools, and it also takes community. You know, it also takes support. And if you've got that support system out there, be it AA, any other group, a counselor, a, you know, talk therapy, anything like that. They're all resources. Don't be afraid to reach for the resources that are going to propel you forward to the next step. Yeah, we have a little thing about uh,
0: one of the fundamentals here is you have to take some action. You know, yes, Uh, you can't just ball up there in the corner in the fetal position and hope help comes. Uh, You got to go reaching for it. One of my favorite lines, and I don't know where I heard it either, but the power to change your life is within your reach, but you got to do the reaching. That's right. uh, And, uh, yeah, cool stuff, man. Well, I appreciate you being on. And, uh, again, it's been fun. I have a few things I've added. I now have three things I say at the end of every podcast. So I'll say them. If it's working, keep doing them. Keep doing it. If it ain't working, stop. And if you're not having a blast in your recovery, it's your own damn fault. And I want to thank everyone out there who's listening for allowing Mike and I today to participate in our personal recoveries uh, by sharing with you guys. So thank you all for allowing us to participate in our recoveries. Uh, Peace out.